Hey, everybody, it is Drags Mike Petralia back with this week's episode of the Jungle War podcast, powered by FanDuel Sportsbook, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Back with me this week is James Rapine of allbengals.com. Of course, he does a great job covering the Cincinnati Bengals for SI.com and Locked On Bengals podcast, a great podcast covering the Cincinnati Bengals, if I do say so myself. Welcome back, James. What's up, Trags? How you doing, my man? I'm doing well, trying to get over um, a humbling moment last night with you online as I'm watching the LA Chargers dismantle the New York football Jets. Now, here's a little backstory for everybody watching. I was of the belief heading into week number nine, the Jets being four and three, that they could be a quiet contender in the AFC to at least make some noise, get to the playoffs. They're certainly not one of the elite teams uh, in the AFC, given their quarterback situation. I'm not saying that, but I thought their defense uh, was going to carry them a lot farther, especially against a team like the LA Chargers traveling across the country. And, uh, you know, with Brandon Staley, their head coach, who has his own issues, I thought the Jets were going to be able to handle them at home on Monday night. Obviously, I was mistaken. James, here here you go. I set it up on a tee for you. You set it up on a tee on Sunday night when you said, oh, I like the Jets against the Chargers. What? What the hell are you talking about, Trags? The Jets. You can bet on Zach Wilson all you want. And and you enjoy that. You I'll, understand I'll I'm not betting side. on Zach Wilson. I'm yeah, betting on that. You are. He's a Jet. You are. I get you like the defense, but he's still the Jet. He's still fumbling in the pocket. And yep. by the way, your Jets, because they're your Jets, giving up the, the special teams jets. touchdowns. I mean, it's the Jets are going to Jet are going to Jet. And yep. I, I think it's that simple. And You're right. That's why I'm allowing you to gloat on my podcast, James. To put the Chargers to bed, a Chargers team that I agree isn't doesn't have a great coach, and that's the question. So that was a a really good quarterback, some good pieces on offense and good pieces on defense. I just I I was uh, I was not a fan of that. It was a must win for the Chargers, and they got it done like I knew they would. Shout out to the Chargers for handling business and allowing me to talk crap to Trags, who is Cincinnati's biggest biggest Jets fan. There's no doubt. Uh, I, I can think of one that we met after the game. I'll, I'll uh, leave his identity identity out of this. I'll keep it anonymous, but I think you uh, know who he is as we you were waiting that? for the uh, oh, Bengals to come tracks. off the field Sunday night. You know who I'm talking about. I, I hear the Jets. I hear the Jets chant from your, from your office. J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 Jets. Just end the season, James. Yeah, just end the season. I'm not there with them. Obviously, it's a good roster, but uh, man, buying stock in the Jets. You bought at the wrong time, my friend, because it plummeted. We have spent far too long at the start of this podcast. Let's talk talk Bengals. Yes, let's Let's indeed talk the Bengals. And what uh, they've done in the last three games against three Very good opponents. Let's put it that way. I think even though Seattle got blown out by Baltimore 37 to three on Sunday, uh, the Seahawks are a very tough team and they travel, usually travel. Well, they've got a a terrific defense. I think Geno Smith coming back to to earth a little bit. Speaking of former jets, uh, I think he came back to earth a little bit 
uh, this weekend in Baltimore, but still a good team. And I thought that was still a gutsy win for the Bengals, given how they were playing heading into that game. They had just beaten Arizona. What was Arizona? So I thought that was a good win. And then, of course, they, after the bye, go on the road. They beat a very good San Francisco team with lots of weapons to defend on the offensive side of the ball. I think the jury's still out a little bit on Brock Purdy. I'm not convinced he alone can beat you. Uh, And their defense has some holes, obviously, and it's banged up. But that was a good win on the road. You went across the country and got to 500 or got above 500, I should say. But what they were able to do on Sunday night and beat the Buffalo Bills, uh, I thought was the next step in their progression towards becoming the team they want to be. There's no doubt. And this team has, has certainly looked the part over the past couple of weeks. This stretch, if I would have said after the Tennessee Titans game that Joe Burrow would start to move better against the Cardinals and they would win, He would start, and the final numbers actually look good, even though the second half was so ugly and didn't pass the eye test. He would start 17 of 19 against Seattle, and they would get a win. And I know the defense had a big part of this, but let's focus on Burrow for a second. And then he would go on the road to San Francisco, that defensive line, oh, my God, you know how much Nick Bosa is making, and start 17 of 19, slice and dice the 49ers, multi-score win. And then you do the same thing on national TV where they should have won by multiple scores. They still win 24 to 18. The offense moves the ball up and down the field on their first couple of possessions. Look, this team, they're ramping into form. And the good news is, is even though they've won four straight, I don't think they've played as well as they can on offense. Uh, I still think that there's, there's little tweaks they need to make on defense, even though they've made plays when it mattered, certainly plays in the red zone. And that's the the beautiful thing. If you're this coaching staff, there's plenty to focus on that you can improve on, even though there's a four game winning streak and, and you're, you're uh, making a run here. And, and so, yeah, I think that they're, they're rounding into form, but they're not in their full form yet, which to me, if I'm any of these other teams in the AFC, it's like, Oh, how good can this Bengals team be? Because I don't think we've seen the best of Joe Burrow. I don't think we've seen the best of Jamar Chase, T. Higgins in this offense, or Luana Rumo's defense, even though all of those people that I just mentioned or units have played pretty well during this winning streak. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. And now back to the show. I think we got a little hint, though, of it, a little peek into what they can be in the San Francisco game. I still think in that San Francisco game, that is as good as they've played start to finish, even a little bit better than the Buffalo game. Do you sense agree with that or no? Well, sure, because 
they they should have won the Buffalo game probably 34 to 18. Yeah. I would say 34 to 17. The Bills went for two. So 34 to 18. That should have been the score. And th- there was a couple of things. Th- there was a dagger to Jamar. Joe Burrow throws it later than he should have, wasn't on time. Right. And, and then the – The plague Jamar got hurt on, as a matter well, of fact. It, it, and a- then the apparently. second and so, – Yeah, and then the second and one from the Bills' 23-yard line, and you don't end up with any points. That's – after the Cam Taylor Britt interception, like those are, those are easy plays that normally they hit, and they're going to have to hit. In just a couple of examples of of them leaving points on the field, which they did against San Francisco as well. It didn't even need to be as close as it was in San Fran. So to your point, that was and has been their most complete game of the season to this point. What has stood out the most to you about Joe Bur- Burrow's improvement? Is it simply his mobility, his ability to scramble, get out of the pocket, keep the f- eyes down the field, and be able to create on his own, or what is it? All of that's great, and everyone talks about that, um, but but that's not his number one superpower. He's the most accurate quarterback on the planet. Hmm. There is no one more accurate than him in, in the way he's able to just routinely like like find Tyler Boyd on third down yeah. on on an out where he just makes it look so easy. The throw to Irv Smith Jr. That was not an easy throw. <laughs> and there's multiple angles. I asked Irv about to, that to after that. the game, James, not to cut you off, but he put that ball in the back corner of the end zone. I, yep. I assume you're talking about the touchdown. Yes. Yep. In only a spot that Irv Smith could catch that. It was perfect. And and that's that's the difference to me. Now, of course, he can move now and all of those things, and that's what he's going to focus on, at least publicly. But he was inaccurate at times. And it's not like he has the strongest arm in the world. He can't be inaccurate. This is a a timing offense, and, and they, they certainly, they're reliant on Joe. And so his accuracy, to me, is his number one superpower outside of his processing and everything above the shoulders, all of those things. And, and so to have the accuracy back, and he's had it back now. I mentioned it. 17 of 19, back-to-back games. Started of 11 of 14 against the Bills. Six for six on the opening drive. He has been accurate. They've gotten him into a rhythm. And uh, that that's the, the Joe Burrow you expect to see. We did not see that early in the season. He was kind of tweaking his mechanics, doing what he could to make throws, to stay in the game. And by the way, playing him was the right decision. I know that was debated. Guess what? They were able to make it through it, and now they're five and three. That they might not have beat uh, the Rams. In fact, I don't think they would have beat the Rams without Burrow. I'm not sure they would have won in Arizona without Burrow. So the fact that he was able to play through it, now you look at it and you can see the path to them being one of the top teams in the AFC. And who knows, maybe winning a third straight AFC North title. The uh, Certainly this point was made and, and will be made that – that's what makes Joe Burrow such a unique leader. He knew he had to play at less than 100% and do whatever he could to stay on the field to give the Bengals the best chance to win. And, you know, a couple of, the, I think, the players that we have spoken to in that locker room say that that's what makes Joe so tough. He can play less than 100% knowing that the team needs him out there. And, you know, I think that certainly has come to the fore. I think that's a great point, James, that, you know, he probably, the Bengals probably don't beat the Rams or the Cardinals if he decides to come back for the Seattle game and, and come back much closer to 100%. And and kudos to Burrow on that. Four passes from Joe Burrow stood out to me on Sunday night in terms of his accuracy. In order, I think I'm doing this in order, 
third down pass to Tyler Boyd on the out to the sideline. The yep. pass to Jamar Chase down the right sideline in front of the Bills bench in between the yes. corner and the safety coming over. Go back and look at that. It was a perfect pass with probably a yard margin of error on either side. I mean, the ball had to be in that tight of a window. The third pass was the one that just blew me away. And I, and I know I yelled in your ear about that pass to T Higgins on the skinny slant or the skinny post uh, going down the seam uh, on their final scoring drive, the field goal drive. That was a dart. And then the final pass, of course, was the gate really essentially put the game away was the first down pass on the final drive, the four minute drive uh, to Tyler Boyd again on the out where he releases the ball and it's a perfect timing route to Tyler Boyd. Boyd makes the right play, of course, but those four passes to me are indicative of just at what kind of level accuracy wise Burroughs playing at. No doubt. And the, the other element to it for me is the pass protection part of it. Let's go to the last, that last throw to Boyd, Joe Mixon stepping up in pass protection. Deserves credit. I think he's certainly improved in that area. Joe Burrow has noted that he had multiple nice blocks that to keep Burrow's pocket clean, clean enough. Uh, the the other one to Boyd, it, where it was it was the first down, the other out, and it was a, a third down throw. I think it was on the near sideline towards us, towards the Bengals sideline. And it, there's just enough room for him to to make the throw. It's not great. It, it it's not muddy, but it's not like a perfect pocket, but it's enough. And when they're bringing it on third down and you can give Burrow enough, usually he's going to find the right guy and the open guy. And I think he's confident in this line, confident in his protection. And he's also getting healthier. I, I've, I've said this probably too much, and I'm not sure if I'm the only one or not. Obviously, you were there on July 26th. He got injured on July 27th. But the Bengals' right. first training camp practice was July 26th. That is the best I've seen Joe Burrow practice. And that isn't hindsight. I, I went and, and I said that that day. My big takeaway was, oh, my God, Joe Burrow has taken a step. He just looked big, strong, was so accurate. The ball was coming out of his hands great. He was moving, all of those things. Like He just looked the best I've seen him look. And, and that was the case again on July 27th until he obviously suffered the calf strain and, and we went into calf gate in the past three months or so have been focused on that. I think he's getting back to that form. I'm not saying he's all the way there yet. And it's also hard to resemble the Burrow I saw in a training camp practice in real life NFL snaps. It's not like we're there at practice every day uh, for for the full practice. But I, I think he's getting to that. And, and that also, and I know I'm long-winded here, but takes me back to what he said this offseason about being the best in the world. I think he still has that chance this year. Hopefully he's listening. He still has the chance to establish himself as that or get in that conversation with Patrick Mahomes as the best in the world. And, and he's starting to play like it. Now he's got a long way to go. Has to play great from here on out. But I, I certainly think he can open up that box and that conversation if he continues to push the way he has. You know he's listening because it's James Rapine on the Jungle Roar podcast. You, you, you're aware I, I of that, I hope he right? is. I hope he is. I, I would be if I was Joe. He should listen to everything. Okay, uh, what should Joey Bose and Zach Taylor do with Jamar Chase this weekend? I know you talked about this right after the game when I asked you about it. I think Jamar Chase probably gets the weekend the weekend off to rest the back. They need him at full strength, and I think they can beat Houston without him. 
I think you saw and you talked to on Monday. I didn't get to. Uh, I was not there, full disclosure. It was a very so I was surprised. One, one of the I was surprised he talked. Didn't have to talk, could have easily nope. said no, right? And 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 he did. I think this was a 23-year-old who was really damn sore. <laughs> yeah. He was really sore. And guess what happens when you're 23 and you're sore? You heal up quick. So as long as there's nothing unforeseen there that 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 is you know structural or anything like that, and it's just a soreness, my man's gonna feel good. He's he's, he's feeling better today as we record well, this on Tuesday. He'll feel better tomorrow. Probably won't practice on Wednesday or will be limited. And I think by Thursday, Friday, I think Jamar plays this week. If I had to guess today, if he's the least bit sore, though, I rest him, and and I don't I don't want him playing sore simply because what athletes and the human body normally does is it compensates, and sometimes when you you know, and you know this, James, when you compensate as an athlete, you can hurt something else, and I think Bengals have to be very very careful. I think with Jamar in, in this particular situation, T played sore, Jamar played or Joe played sore. Trey Hendrickson plays sore. Like they all play sore. Orlando Brown Jr. plays sore. Like if there's That's not fair. an obvious, if there's not an obvious, he's going to like risk for re-injury. If it's just a soreness thing, yes. I think he's going to be feeling much better later in the week. And I, I and if that's like the I case, said, I, yeah, of course he plays. But mo- Monday is the worst day after something like that. Like the, I, I know there are multiple members of the bank that are really sore right now, and it, on Monday. And then Tuesday gets just a little bit better because you've gotten treatment and you go through. He'll feel a little bit better tomorrow. I bet by Thursday we see him with a helmet and uh, on the practice field. Maybe Maybe I'm I'm just being overly cautious here, James, simply because it's the back. And he mentioned the spine yesterday. And and again, I was in the locker room and in his presence, his body language when he mentioned the spine was a little bit different. And I read into that like, ooh, I maybe he's not so sure that, you know, he wants to play through something like this. Certainly, if it's general soreness, um, hamstring, quad, uh, oblique, even uh, something that is not as connected to a critical part of the body like the spine, maybe you're absolutely right. He just plays through it with the spine. The way he talked about it just gave me a uh, pause for a moment. Sure. And and he's definitely concerned. I wrote that at all Bengals. I mean, when I saw the quotes, I'm like, oh, Jamar Chase is definitely concerned. I know Daner tweeted something similar. I'm sure you did too. It, it's he's concerned, but I, I think is this a guy who's never felt that in, in his concerned because he, he may have a bruise. He's probably got a bruise. Right. Right. In that right. spine area. Okay. So does he not play? I like, I think if it's that he's playing, if it's, anything structural and anything like that where it's like ah you might want to give it a week that that's a whole nother thing i mean he right he, he fell on his tail i was uh, you know i i've cussed enough so just, he fell on his tail at a really high velocity apparently chris collinsworth on the broadcast i haven't went back and watched the broadcast copy but said how sore jamar was going to be like word for word how jamar was describing it i think he's going to be okay assuming there isn't something else Correct. if it's just right. soreness now the other part of this is the Thursday night game looming. I was surprised you didn't bring that up. I think that probably has something to do with how you're feeling about him playing or not playing. I don't know if the Bengals think of it that way. As weird as it is, like I, I remember asking Burrow when he was getting ready for the Rams game, 
do you take into consideration the fact that you're going to have a short week against the Titans and, and getting ready for that? And he was like, I didn't really think about it. And maybe they did, but it didn't feel like, like I kind of believe him that he was just focused on getting ready for that Monday night game. I wonder how they'll approach that part of it, that part of it, because it's four days is much shorter. It's such a quick turnaround for us, let alone right. the players. So that that's an excellent point because clearly, and that leads to my next point. Um, the Bengals do not want to be looking past the Houston Texans. I don't think they will. I think they've shown their the ability to play week to week, which has been the message uh, from Zach Taylor on down that you know you can't look at the rest of the schedule. They don't want the players looking at the rest of the schedule. Look at the next game, and I think that's a good way, you know mentally to avoid what is the cliche of all cliches, certainly one game at a time, but the trap game and Houston's playing well enough where it shouldn't be a trap game this weekend, but still, when you know who is up next and now, you know, eight days from now, yep. you want to make sure all the focus is on Houston before you start looking at the team from uh, Maryland. No doubt. And you got to beat Houston. It's th that, that Ravens game. That's going to be a tough game. It doesn't mean you can't win it, but handling business against the teams that you have to handle it against. And they should beat the Texans. Yeah. Not saying it's going to be easy, but they should beat Houston. Correct. And, and you, you can't overlook them because they are one of these up and coming fun, exciting teams that are going to play with nothing to lose. And that's dangerous. Four and four. They're a dangerous team. They have weapons. And obviously Stroud's playing great. He's getting a ton of buzz after what he did with the rookie record yards wise, five touchdowns, doesn't turn the ball over. Like there's a lot to like about what Houston's done so far. I think they're well coached. And so you can't look past them. And the other benefit of, of a short week against the Ravens, you know what you're getting with Baltimore. So focus on Houston, handle business there. And that's again, why if I had to guess today and it's Tuesday, it's early. Mm -hmm. I still think Jamar chase plays. And you you need him. I, I think it gets the margin for error without Jamar changes a ton against Houston. And I, I know that you, you check those fan duel lines, the Bengals favored by a touchdown or so, maybe a bit more. It's uh, I, I don't like that. I think that line should shift significantly if Jamar can't play. So that's another angle of this as well. Okay. You can say what you will about the free agent class and how they may, may have been underperforming to this point, save, of course, Orlando Brown Jr., who's starting to come on very strong, I think, as as the uh, left tackle, the anchor tackle of that offensive line. Certainly, uh, they needed somebody like Orlando Brown Jr., and I think he's played very well. But um, And, you know, Nick Scott, uh, again, somebody who is coming on and playing very well. But my point here is that the Bengals have done a really good job of retaining their own talent. And that has been something that has gone through the generations with the Brown family and the Blackburns, uh, Katie Blackburn and Troy Blackburn. They have done a great job of retaining their own. What did you think at the time when they re-signed Jermaine Pratt? I thought, I thought that he did not have the market that he thought he was going to have. I think the Bengals deep down were hoping to get him back, but were prepared to move on because they thought he was going to get a big bag. And when they realized, oh, we can get him back at three years in a reasonable number. I think they were happily stunned. <laughs> let's get him because they weren't, they weren't giving Von Bell three years. 
they weren't in on the Hayden Hurst sweepstakes at that money. I think they would have brought him back for a one-year type deal, but not three. Right. And and uh, so they they were looking at Samaj P. Ryan and Jermaine Pratt if it works. But there was a there was a scenario where they just lose a bunch of guys and replace them and 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 find ways. And who knows what they would have done at linebacker. But yeah, three years under twenty one million dollars. It's what a value. And and the way now of, he's played. Well, that's that's the part of it is. He was coming into his own over the past couple of years and playing at a pretty darn high level, and his responsibilities were growing and growing and growing. Obviously, he's blossomed alongside Logan Wilson and vice versa. And I think they assumed that he was going to get a Logan Wilson-type deal, which would prevent them from keeping both guys. Correct. Well, right. well, he didn't, and the market wasn't there. And so you go get him, and now they have one of the best linebacker duos in the league. These guys just make plays. They're They're extremely versatile. Pratt can run and cover obviously we know what logan can do but the the nose for the football aspect of pratt's game huge that interception against brock purdy was insane it's so hard to do that and and to tip the ball that close but to tip it up have the hand-eye coordination and just let your instincts take over catch the ball and, and secure that huge and then you get beat by dalton kincaid he makes you look silly Pratt even said it after the game. I I was not supposed to get beat inside. And Kincaid hit him with the little slant inside. And Pratt doesn't give up on the play, comes in, punches the ball out. Those are the type of plays that are the difference between winning and losing the game. The Bengals had outplayed the 49ers and the Bills up to that point. Had Pratt not forced those turnovers, maybe the 49ers tie the game. Maybe the Bills grab some momentum and are, are feeling much differently going into the the final 13 minutes or so of that one. So huge, huge plays. Pratt deserves a ton of credit. And I got to be honest, I, I thought we've, we had kind of seen what he was, right? which was a really good linebacker. But to your point, I, I think he's raised it at even a, a higher level this year, at least thus far, and been an even better and bigger part of Luana Rumo's defense. No question about that. And I think he's been one of the reasons that the defense has really found its footing uh, in the last couple of games. Um, want to uh, move on and get your thoughts real quick on Nick Scott. I think he's coming on pretty well. I think he's better in the box than he is maybe uh, right now in pass coverage. Your thoughts on on Nick Scott and how he's developed in the Bengals defense? Yeah, I think he's getting better for sure, getting more comfortable. And thank goodness for Dax Hill helps hide a lot of that. Yeah. And they play him deep and it allows them to bring Nick along and bring Jordan along as well. I do think they're getting better, and we've seen the the big plays trickle down a bit. You need that to continue, and, and we'll see if they can keep it up this week against a Houston team that literally was a big play waiting to happen in their win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I think so, and I I, I think it's going to be fascinating to watch C.J. Stroud up close to see what he can do against the defense that is uh, really starting to play very well. What do you think C.J. Stroud brings to the table in terms of the way he could attack the Bengals defense. Yeah, he's he's really accurate, doesn't give up the football. The Bengals, part of this winning streak has been forcing turnovers, winning right. the turnover battle. They're number one in turnover margin right now in, in the NFL. And uh, it's because Burrow, even when he was hurt, was doing a great job of taking care of it. And this defense has started to force them each and every week. So something is going to come to an end there. Either the Bengals are going to force some turnovers with Stroud or – that Stroud's going to continue to roll and end their streak. I think that's a big part of it. But to me, 
He's just poised, calm. I love their roster from a from a young up and coming roster. It's not like they were one of the top rosters in the league, but D'Amico Ryan's is getting the most out of it. I like Dalton Schultz, Tank Dell. You know me, I'm a wide receiver speed guy. Tank Dell is so much fun to watch, even though he's a, a small guy, brings a lot. And Nico Collins is their one, and and he's kind of emerged a bit, and it's been the perfect fit for him. So they have some guys, some names that we're familiar with. And so that offense specifically, it's going to be an interesting test for Lou Anarumo's group. I've asked this question to a couple of people now. I'll ask it to you. Cam Taylor Britt, now clearly the number one corner on the Cincinnati Bengals. He is right now. No doubt. No doubt about it. And I thought it was interesting earlier in the year when the most of the team would come out. Cam Taylor Britt was the one talking in the huddle, year two, in the tunnel, and getting these guys hyped. And, and yep. by the guys around him, I'm talking like Ted Karras is in there, uh, Orlando Brown Jr. is in there, like big guys in important players and cam taylor Britt was the one breaking them down and so he's a leader he brings juice as he his nickname he brings the juice he brings the energy but his his game has has just advanced and gotten better and better he's talking about how he was baiting josh allen and and, and reading things obviously he's an elite athlete but he's a really really smart football player as well and so he's coming to his own i, I certainly think he's their number one corner right now. I hope it's not the case. I hope we're debating it. I hope Cheeto continues. I, I thought he took a step forward on Sunday night. Certainly that pass back deep from... down the middle. Absolutely. And so I, I hope he pushes forward as well uh, as we continue. But uh, Cam Taylor Britt is, is having a heck of a year. He is James Rapine of allbengals.com. I also want to give James the opportunity to plug his new book that came out, I guess, uh, in the summertime. And there are copies uh, over your right and left shoulder. Talk about that. It's called Answer the Jungle. It is a complete history of the Cincinnati Bengals franchise, all 55 seasons, season by season, summaries, great, beautiful HD photos that uh, are just going to either make you remember those times, whether it was when they were founded in 1968 and playing at Nippert Stadium, or maybe Corey Dillon's record-breaking 278 yards against the Denver Broncos. Maybe it's the playoff wins from the past couple of years, the Super Bowls uh, runs in the 80s, all of those things and so much more covered in, in Enter the Jungle. And you can get it at CincinnatiBengalsBook.com or wherever books are sold. There he is. James Rapine does a great job, obviously, and a good close friend. Keeps me in line in the press box and outside the press box for that matter and in the media workroom. Uh, and I do appreciate that because uh, I need friends around me who keep me in check. So I appreciate that, James, just to let you know. I appreciate you, Trags. I uh, I don't know if I keep you in check as much as I annoy you in the press box. Mm -hmm. I will accept the keep you in a check. A lot of though. one, a little bit of the other. I'll let you figure Yeah, out. a lot of annoying, a little bit of a, an in check. No. Either way, I'll take it. And uh, as always, I appreciate you having me. All right. He's James Rapine. You can follow him at James Rapine on Twitter slash X. Uh, be sure to do that. And of course, allbengals.com and the Locked On Bengals podcast. I don't want to forget to mention that as well. I appreciate him being on the podcast, which is the Jungle Roar podcast. This Jungle Roar podcast, as always, powered by FanDuel Sportsbook, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Until next week, keep that jungle roaring.